Welcome to episode one of the Asbury Behem podcast. Inside our church walls, we reinforce the message worship, serve, grow. And via this podcast, you can strive to grow in your spiritual life just by commuting, cooking, listening. In today's podcast, adult ministry director Robin White and Pastor Robert Mercer welcome Brooke Jackson. Brooke is Asbury's new missions coordinator. She's working towards her degree in Christian ministry through the University of Nations and will tell us about serving throughout the world in Australia, Uganda, South Sudan, and Ethiopia. Welcome, everyone, to episode one of the Asbury Beham podcast. My name's Robert Mercer, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm with Robin White, our adult discipleship director. Hey, Robin, how are you doing? Hey, great. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be a really fun adventure. I know this is something we've been talking about for a while here amongst our discipleship team. And the purpose of the podcast is to encourage each other and to inspire each other to worship, serve, and grow together in Christ. And we we hope that this time is fun. We hope it's uh, insightful and inspiring. Uh, You know, We'll be doing lots of different things on a podcast now. The only thing I know about podcasts, Robin, is I listen to them. Right. Me too. <laughs> me too. I've become a huge podcast fan recently. So if if we do this right, I was going to say, what are we going to do in the podcast? It's probably not what we'll be doing in July because we're going to learn what you guys like to hear and what we should do, but we're just having a ball. Yes, we are. We know that it'll evolve. And, and it'll be great. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons for this. You know, uh, one of them is that on a Sunday morning, we just don't always have the time to talk about things in a way that is helpful because of just time, you know, that that we can go deeper into life of the church and and hopefully help our people really connect and really start living out their faith in their daily walk. Yeah, you're right. And we always have so much going on that we want to share and maybe dive into a little bit deeper, but right. we don't always have time. And sometimes we just kind of hit the the high level points of things that we're working on. So this will be a way for us to be able to dive in a little bit deeper. Absolutely. So use this podcast however uh, meets your needs uh, you can use it as a family devotional. Well, I don't know about that, but maybe as a talking point to the for the family. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I think this will be great for families. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wanted to start off with something really cool. We have a brand new staff position here at the church. We have a mission coordinator. Uh, you know, and her name's Brooke Jackson, and she grew up here at Asbury and is now uh, working with us. And we're so glad she's on the team to give you a little bit of background as to how this came to be, you know, back in, and it was March, wasn't it? Yeah. March, right. we had the tornadoes come through our community and, and we became really aware that we have the resources to help in times of need. We have, man, our people are just, so giving. Asbury just steps up in a big way every single time we need them. Right. I mean, we have to, and I'm not kidding, we have to think about, do we really put this out there as an ask? Because we know the Asbury people are going to do it. Right, right. But what we didn't have was somebody who could dedicate their time 
to making sure everything happened and happened in a way that, that was helpful. Yes. Yes. Helping us address all the details and getting things going and coordinated. You know, when, when Asbury started uh, back in 1986, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Williams, the first pastor, set aside uh, 10% of everything the church brings in to go out into outreach service and missions. And I heard uh, Janet O'Neill, it was either Janet or Mike Northrup, talking about Mitchell saying, if we're going to ask people to tithe their money, we're going to tithe as well as a church. And so we have the resources to really get people engaged and really make a big difference for Jesus here in our community. So we're so excited to have Brooke on the team. Brooke, just, just welcome to the team. Brooke, you've only been here for a few weeks, but it already seems like you've been here for a while because you have just hit the ground running. We have gotten involved in so many things just within the past few weeks. But before we start talking about some of those things, tell us a little bit about you. What have you been up to? What has God been working on in your life? Okay, so the past couple of years, I was working with an organization called Youth with a Mission, and I did some training in Perth, Australia for about 11 months, and then I joined a pioneering team into South Sudan. And so we spent time in Arua, Uganda, so two months there, and then in South Sudan for about nine months, and then I visited Addis Ababa, Ethiopia to teach on a school. Now, you said pioneering team. Does that mean that was the first team from that group to go in there? Um, yes, it was the first team wow. with Youth of the Mission into Juba. There were bases in Malakau and Ye and Wau, some other cities, before the war in 2016, but they're not there currently. I, I, did, I did not realize that that was the first team to go in. So tell us a little bit about this. How did you get paired up with them? What did this look like? Because you were an elementary school teacher, right? Yes. <laughs> before you felt this call to missions. Yes. So what did that look like for you? So I think... I mean, missions had been on my heart for a long time. So when I was about 16 years old, I really kind of started following Jesus. And I was like, oh, the gospel, this is good news. And I remember one night I was just listening to a sermon. And the next video that came up was a video about the realities of the unreached. And I was like, I did not know people don't have the gospel. Like, oh, my goodness. And I felt like in that time, God's like, you go tell them. And so over the next 10 years, basically, God had just continued to plant seeds in my heart to go to the nations and to tell them about Jesus. And so it was not a surprise really, but I guess the timing was a bit of a surprise. So I was teaching first grade. It was my second year teaching and I just felt so unhappy. And I was like, God, what is this? Like, I should really be enjoying this. Like, this is what my degree's in and my class is sweet. And I have, you know, just all these things. And I really felt he kept saying that he has more for me. He's like, I have more for you, Brooke. I really want you to just trust me. And I prayed and asked him, I was like, what is that Lord? Like, um, what is this more that you have? And I had a dream one night and heard him say Ethiopia. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> so I started looking up um, just different organizations and different place, people going to Ethiopia and no one was going. And I was like, okay, Lord. And I had requested some information from different um, organizations just to get more training. And I got an email one day and it was like, oh, we have a team in Ethiopia. And I was like, oh my goodness. And really felt to go. And so that's how I got plugged in with YWAM, with Youth with a Mission. And so then I went to Australia. So amazing. You know, Drew, my son Drew, third grade teacher, went on the mission field and I think to Uganda. What is it about elementary school that makes people want to go to a third world country? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. 
That's you a don't, good question. You don't, you don't Maybe they're running in the opposite direction. <laughs> that might be a question for now, teachers now, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Two years well, into the pandemic. Let me know we're outside, outdoors. <laughs> That's right. right. I do think a lot of people like, I guess, professions where you can use like teaching, for example, or nursing where you can use that as right. like a mission platform and kind of to help you get into places that are a bit more difficult. So. Maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe. When you first felt that calling, that nudge, what did that feel like? Was that exciting? Was that scary? What what was your conversation like with God around all of that? Oh, yes. I think, honestly, I was just really excited. It reminds me of um, some scripture in Jeremiah where he's like, his word is in my heart like a fire, like a fire in my bones. And I kind of was like, oh, man, (laughs) I got to do something. I can't just keep going like this. You just felt that burning. Yes. (laughs) Just have so much to share. Yeah. And there's some people out there that just really need to hear this mm-hmm. message. Absolutely. How beautiful. It's really sweet. And I think, too, when you're, like, walking with the Lord, you're like, this is really great. Like, Jesus is really good. And I think from that place, like an overflow, you're like, I want to tell people. And if there are people who have never heard or people who, who need some hope, I want to be someone that brings that. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very exciting. Did you ever think, why me? Why me, God? I think a lot of times I kind of joke with my family. They're like, wow, you really went there, you know? Um, But yeah, I think sometimes we can feel unworthy or unqualified, but also I'm just like, okay, Jesus, like I trust you that you put these desires in my heart and then I can really, yeah, that I need you to do it with me. But yeah, he's called you to that place. Yeah. Esther almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 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 resonates with me because, you know, we all have those conversations in our head, even if it's not about going overseas, it's, I'm not worthy to share with my neighbor about Jesus, but mm-hmm. if we wait till we're worthy, we're never going to do it. That's exactly you know? right. I've been listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about this idea of co-laboring with Jesus. So good. And I thought, how cool is that, that we could yeah. be co-laborers in ministry with him? Absolutely. And when I heard that podcast, I thought about you and how you were called to kind of co-labor with him and co-minister mm-hmm. with him. Um, and, and, and in your case that took you overseas, but, um, it not, it, that's not going to be in, you know, for everyone, Absolutely. but we can still co-labor where we are. So good. And it kind of takes the pressure off of us too, when we're co-laboring with Jesus, like, you know, he is stronger. It reminds me of, you know, getting in the yoke with him and he's like, I, you know, learn from me, learn from my ways and just taking the pressure off yourself that I don't have to be perfect to do this, but I can trust the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and use me where he wants. Oh, they're not great. Amen. <laughs> it's good news. <laughs> it is. It's yes. good news that we can just lean into him and that he'll take that from us. Like Absolutely. we just have to be obedient and just say yes and answer that call and just let him handle all the things that we tend to worry about. Yes. So good. It is. It is. What a relief. Amen. <laughs> well, was there ever a time that, that while you were there, uh, South Sudan or Ethiopia, and, and you thought, why'd you bring me here, God? And and I may be a little bit vulnerable. And so you mind sharing with us, you know, those kind of moments. Absolutely. So there are definitely times where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just crazy. But um, I think specifically, and we kind of had a running joke towards the end of my time in South Sudan about February. We were always like, oh, February, just because February of 2021 is our first full month pioneering. And it was just very difficult in so many ways. We were just learning how to live in Juba, and it's very different from here in Birmingham. So we order our water to be delivered, and so we would forget to order it or couldn't get in contact with people, and we wouldn't have water. Or And also it was during dry season, and 
dry season is very hot and very dry and there's no rain and they always say Sakana Katir and they're like, the heat is too much. And so mm. it's just super hot and you wake up sweating and you're like, oh my goodness gracious. Um, and then around that time, there was just a lot of different things going on as far as spiritual warfare as we were pioneering in a new land. And I was thinking about this and I think the time I was just like, oh my goodness, Jesus, why? <laughs> um, was a day I fell off of a Boda Boda, like a motorcycle, like four wheel drive kind of thing. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> but honestly, after that, we had a lot of just prayer times and worship times and really pressed in for breakthrough and he came through. So yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Any um, stories that you would like to share with us about maybe specific people that you met or that you got to minister to or walk alongside of? Absolutely. I think one of my favorite people, I guess, from South Sudan, I have several that are just really near and dear to my heart. But before we even entered the land, um, I really asked God, like, what do you have for me here? And I felt like he was saying he really wants to restore the dignity of the women in South Sudan. He's like, I want to restore their dignity. I want to restore their dignity. And that's been something that's been on my heart for years and years. And so I was excited. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that looks like, but I just trust you. And um, one woman specifically named Victoria it became one of my best friends. She's wonderful, and she is just mighty for the kingdom. She's so little and so precious, but she can preach, and she's just like, I just really feel to pe- like to preach peace to my people, and in a land that's been torn by war and a lot of division and all these tribal issues, hearing someone like so passionate about preaching peace is so encouraging, and just being able to walk alongside her and encourage her and champion her was huge. Do you stay in touch with her? I do. We, I mean, sometimes it's difficult with WhatsApp, but we try to do Facebook Messenger. So that works out. <laughs> so. Does she speak English? Or? She does. Yeah, she speaks English. Wow, that's yes. amazing. I try to speak Arabic with her, but <laughs> it's not always perfect. <laughs> that sounds difficult. It is. <laughs> How much of Arabic were you able to pick up? Um, not as much as I'd hoped. I think we got just super busy and didn't have time for language classes. I can greet and, you know, have small talk, but can't preach or anything. <laughs> so, yes. What is a way that um, that you are surprised about with God? What was a way that maybe he transformed you or worked on your heart after this experience, kind of looking back on it? What was a surprise kind of transformation for you? Hmm. Um, <laughs> this is kind of funny to me. I would sometimes describe myself as like a diva. Um, <laughs> so, that's great. I feel like going into Juba and to South Sudan, I just had like all these bags and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm so hot. I need air conditioning and I can't sleep on the floor. And then just like really realizing that I don't need all these things and that his grace is sufficient where I am and that his power is made perfect in my weakness. And it doesn't depend on what I have or what capabilities I bring, but just really pressing into him um, and finding him to be my dwelling place. That was probably the biggest takeaway. So based on that, what was it like to reacclimate yourself when you got back? Oh, good question. Um, it was difficult in different ways, I guess, because when I left America, it was poor, before the pandemic, and um, just a lot of things had changed, and I was gone for almost two years without coming back. And so I think just everything, COVID, and then just things are similar but different. I think the first place I went was maybe Target, and we were getting like some toys for our dogs and I just was like I need to go sit in the car (laughs) like I'm about to cry I think I was just kind of like wow we are just like we have so much like we have so Mm -hmm. many opportunities and so much stuff and I'm just like I know so many babies that like don't have as many toys as our dogs have and it just really broke my heart and I was like why are we getting them more toys you know and just it was kind of a small thing that represented a lot more of just kind of like okay Jesus how do I take this what I've seen and experienced and you know move forward so yeah, and what a yeah. great message for all of us and a great reminder that we have such an abundance here. 
Absolutely. And there are so many people who, like you said, we have more toys for our animals than they do for their own children. Something I've never mm. even really considered. Yeah. Yeah, and we get we get a little out of sorts when when there's not the exact right brand of what we like to use on the shelf. Right. You know, and we're that's not even a glimpse of what some folks have to go through. When we see just some empty shelves, people get really anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, we say um, all the time here at Asbury that that we're here uh, to worship, serve, and grow together in Christ. What do you think it means for us as the community of faith and also as individuals to serve together in Christ? Absolutely. So I think... Yeah, just the love of Christ compels us. And so from a place of overflow and from walking with Jesus, it comes very naturally to us to want to pour out. And it you know, just reminds me of the scripture that we're blessed to be a blessing and to whom much is given, much is required in return. And so like we've received so much and we've really experienced the grace of Jesus and we want to pour that out on the people around us and into the world and to the nations. Um, but practically, I really feel like loving our neighbor and just walking with God and asking him, kind of like what we were saying earlier, just, okay, Lord, like, what is this? What is this thing? And not everyone feels maybe called to go to South Sudan, for example, but everyone has something that God's put inside of them that they can use for his glory. And that he's done that on purpose. I think that's really sweet about our God, that he makes us so unique, right? And so everyone has a different passion and a different calling and a different way they can love and serve their neighbor that our world really needs. I love that you put that in context of loving your neighbor Back in, I think it was August in the Modern Service, we did a sermon series called The Art of Neighboring, where we talked about how Jesus said that was actually the most important thing we need to do. Mm. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbors yourself. That, that You do that, and you're, you're on a good path. <laughs> that, yes. What would happen, do you think, Brooke, if, Asbury, the people of Asbury took that seriously to love our neighbors. Mm, that's so good. And I really am just encouraged, I think, after joining staff. I was like, I mean, I grew up in Asbury, now Asbury, but just like really getting to see the way people love and serve, it's really beautiful. And so I don't know. I'm just encouraged to see it. But I also think that just like practically kind of getting uncomfortable or getting, you know, going out of our way to love and serve, it just really shows our community and the world, just the love of Jesus. And then I think people are very open and very hungry for that. You know, they want to hear hope and they want to hear um, good news. And so being able to really share and encourage people, I think it's really significant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I say quite a bit in, in our modern service and, and when I preach in traditional as well, that transformation is not something that that just happens automatically, right? You know, that, that I think we tend to think that if we accept Jesus in our heart, that everything's going to be okay. And, and I guess on a big picture level, there, there's some truth to that, that that's a beautiful first step. But true transformation is something that happens over time. And, and I like to call that, you know, to bridge the gap from who we actually are living, who we actually are, in who God would like us to be. Um, what do you think it looks like for someone to bridge the gap when it comes to serving in mission and outreach? 
It's so good. And I think that question is really important to realize that, oh, there's a place I can continue growing here. Like I can continue to take the next step and the next step and and grow. And I think getting uncomfortable and just asking God, like, you know, maybe you don't know exactly what that is and just asking him, hey, so, you know, I feel this or I want to get involved in this place. And what does that look like for me? And um, just looking for opportunity as well. And we were talking about this the other day, Robin and I were, of just how important it is to get uncomfortable and to continue to just be in that place where you're really dependent on God and just like, okay, Lord, and then growing and growing like that. So, And he's so faithful. He always shows up every time in those situations. Every time. In a really big way. Yes. Even better than you expected. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really good. So what are ways that, that our, our people can get involved in, in uh, mission and outreach here at at our church? There's so many ways, which is exciting. Um, so coming up, we have Tornado Buckets on the 30th, and then Giggles and Grace, February 8th through 12th. And then Brown Bag, we have March 13th. And then every single month, there are many different opportunities to serve as well. So every fourth Tuesday, oh, sorry, the wrong one. Can y'all cut this out? <laughs> okay, so every third Saturday of each month, we have Grace Klein Community Ministry, where we get to share food um, with people who need food in our community. And then Shepherd's Fold every fourth Tuesday um, is a wonderful opportunity as well. And then recently we've been working with other churches in our community with Afghan refugees. And so if you're interested in teaching English, that would be a great opportunity to share. Yeah, to teach English and share the good news with these Afghan refugees here. Um, And then we also every week have a community respite ministry called Anchor from 10 to 2 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then a food pantry each Wednesday from 2 to 3.30. And there are so many other ways that people serve and are involved. And I think it's just really awesome to just ask God and then take that next step. Yeah, and we'll list all those in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know if we'll do that. I've just always wanted to say that. Come because on. <laughs> the podcast I hear, they say, we're going to put all that in the show notes yes. so you don't have to remember. So now so, you sound legit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So if there are no show notes, that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You can always go to our, our website and uh, find all the stuff you need to engage in service here at, at Asbury. Yeah, and we um, also, including you know, everything that Brooke just mentioned, in addition to that, we do a, a, a mission of the month. And so every month we'll have a different mission. And so Brooke's already named several, February's Tornado Bucket, or actually January was Tornado Bucket, February's Giggles and Grace, March will be Brown Bag. So stay tuned for all the months throughout the year. We'll have a different mission project for every month. So we're really excited about that too. All that will be listed on our website as well. Yes. Right. And we, we hope that all of you will, will find ways in which you can uh, live out who God's calling you to be right there where you are in your school, where you work, in your neighborhood that, you know, I think that the church is a tool, maybe it's the wrong word, but just a, a place to help you resource, but it's not the only place. I mean, God has placed you right there where you are, and you can serve and work, and if you ever have any ideas, I'm sure Brooke would love to yes, connect please. with you <laughs> and and talk with you. However, if you do, be prepared for us to say... How can we help you start that? That's right. That's right. (laughs) That could be your next step. (laughs) Right. 
Right. Yes. We love ideas, and we love people to volunteer to help with those ideas <laughs> and run them. Well, hey, the best ideas and the most effective ministry in the church, I said this when I preached in January, that the most effective things in the church are done by the lay people, mm -hmm. the, not the professional staff, because it's just something about it. I think it's how God intended us to live our lives was to, to live it out in our daily life. And when we do that, just special things happen. Yeah, and often that person comes to us with a passion, a passion that's been planted on their heart. So it's really neat for us to support them and their passion and watch God use them and, and grow that. Right, so. right. Well, Brooke, we're praying for you. Thank you. <laughs> and we are so excited that you're on our team. And uh, gosh, hopefully we will be in post-pandemic life here before long so we can really get out and and meet more people and do just some great, great things. Yes, absolutely. And before we wrap up, um, I have a question, a couple of questions for you. Okay. So the first question is, what revs you up? What gives you energy? What fills your bucket? Oh, what fills my bucket? So I think... <laughs> When I was thinking about this question, I thought maybe more of like a, what are you super passionate about? <laughs> so I prepared for that. Do you want me to go with that? Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> so I think what I guess I'm very passionate about is people um, experiencing the value that God intended for them. And so also with that injustice, like injustice of any form, I'm like, oh my goodness, like have no tolerance for, I guess you could say, and just really am encouraged. I think even of like, you know, gospel, like getting the gospel out there and then teaching people how to follow Jesus. And for people who don't have the Bible in their own language, I'm just like, oh my goodness, like I just love the Bible so much. And to think that people don't have access to it, I'm like, that is something we need to work on. <laughs> so yes, so good. Such, such, such good stuff. All right. So what gives you rest? Where do you find rest? Uh, okay. So I love like Saturday mornings that are very chill where you can like get up and make breakfast and drink your coffee slow. <laughs> it's very nice. And then like after that, like a long quiet time and really hearing from God and like some, you know, when he's speaking things and be like, oh yes, it reminds me so much of that scripture of like man doesn't live by bread alone. And I'm just like, I agree. Like testify to that, that I need those words from God to continue getting. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's often when we hear him finally is when we're restful. Yes. We slow down. Absolutely. Yes, it's good great stuff. stuff. <laughs> so great talking with you and getting to know you better. Oh, thank you so much we're for having me. You're on the team and on our staff. And that's episode one. How about that? We are so, so excited. Our, our episode two, we'll have a conversation with Brian Erickson, who's the the Trinity. <laughs> He's the senior pastor at Trinity United Methodist Church in Homewood, and we're talking about our denomination and where it's going in the future. We'd love for you to turn in, turn, tune in and hear about that. All right. Good to see you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Next time, Pastor Robert welcomes Brian Erickson, Senior Pastor at Trinity United Methodist Church. The reverends will have a candid conversation about the future of the United Methodist Church, what's happening, what will eventually be decided at General Conference, and what two Birmingham area churches are doing. See you next time.